Microsoft looked at this. Oh, they want to. They want to have a no edit podcast. Ha ha. No. This is DLC Podcast. Welcome to DLC Podcast. At DLC Podcast, the only limit is Fox Lee. <laughs> I, this should not be taken as government endorsed. This is DLC Podcast. And welcome to Talon Lee, who has come to DLC Podcast. At the sound of the tone, it will be 1776. Beep! The unattainable is Jeb Wrench at DLC Podcast. <laughs> Ladies, <laughs> I I don't know what we just referenced, I but I think no I need a, I think I need a shower. I don't know what just happened. Well, if I did it well, it was Zomboka. Oh. Welcome to Zomboka. Ah, uh, okay. this is Zomboka. Welcome to Zomboka. Go to zombo.com. <laughs> we'll we'll elaborate later. It has been there since like 1998. Yeah. <laughs> This is one of the oldest memes on the internet. Old, old internet. We're talking vintage memes here. Yeah, so it sounds like in 1998 I was too young to listen to it. <laughs> well, you know, in 1998, the, the brothers chaps were producing Homestar Runner around that point, weren't they? Probably. I want to say Weeble and Bob were around. Yeah, Weeble and Bob were definitely around. Yeah, and um, you're the man now dogs had happened. Don't know that. Yeah, you're lucky. <laughs> you know how... Some things can never be unseen. You know, you know how the nature of the internet is one where you can trade time for storage space? And how back in the early days of the internet when you didn't have a lot of bandwidth, you tended to do things that economized space. You know, you didn't make a big page, you didn't make lots of stuff on the page. Uh, you're the man now, dogs. Tried to make interactive video content, as it were, by having one looping sound effect over maybe a GIF. Let's see. Mm. Was it in any it way was... interactive? No. No. Okay. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. Uh, apparently they were really funny to some humans. Someone. Yeah. Well, it was... Like, people thought it was funny to hear Sean Connery say, You're the man now, dog. Over so and that's how over it started. and over again. I didn't get the repetition thing. Me neither. Sure. Okay, I listened to the Badger Badger Mushroom song for about 30 seconds, and I was like, does it do anything? Nope. No, I'm done. Yeah. How is this popular? There's a snake. There's a snake. There's a snake. But I think you'll find it's the same snake again and again, if you look closely. My God. My God. (laughs) So, Fox, what have you been playing? Oh, God, I've been playing nothing. I have been working on a charity event, which is actually managed by my mother. And I do printing and graphic design and logos and coming up with stupid girly slogans. And I DJ on the night and my head is just full of pink and awful girly puns right now. And my brain is not. (laughs) (laughs) I want to play video games. You are not in your element. (laughs) You are not in your element. Definitely not. What is this place? I I am not naturally one of life's fabulous creatures, no. (laughs) But you are now envisioning a munchlax with a feather boa. (laughs) I I am now envisioning a munchlax with a feather boa, and it's kind of amazing. (laughs) This is not at all. Also, I can kind of see her. I can kind of see the munchlax with the feather boa eating the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yeah, and now I can see the munchlax with just the tail end of the feather boa hanging out of its mouth. And a couple of feathers just dangling out of the corner. There go the feathers. <laughs> and that's a cough I don't get to edit out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my concession to the general kitsch pink theme of the event is I have a pink ostrich feather in my fedora, which goes with my suit. Because I do not do ball gowns. <laughs> One year it was a completely uh, glittered fedora, wasn't it? One of those oh, plastic no, I haven't party had hats. one of those. Oh. Emmy had a pink glittered cowboy hat one year. That is quite a thing. <laughs> that That's actually a pretty good mark for the theme of the event. Yeah. I'd wear that. <laughs> so, Jeb, what have you been playing? I played uh, Magic the Gathering this week. Um, <laughs> I'll be over here. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's what, that's what I played. I, I played a Raz, Raz the Eldrazi draft for the first time in my life. What did you think? 
I, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> That's kind of how Rise of the Eldrazi feels the first time. Fuck Annihilator, but, uh, am I right? I, I, I wound up with a couple of ways to make Eldrazi spawn tokens, and I wound up with a couple of Eldrazi and an Allis Dust. Yeah, so that'll do that. it! <laughs> I wound up going one and two, but it was fun, and uh, I got I wound up also just kind of value-picking a couple of Splinter Twins. Nice! So I'm halfway to a modern deck. Nice! Uh, it, um, but a couple weeks ago, more importantly, yeah, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I, I have to talk about this now because this is the first chance I have had to talk about it. I got to play Galacolider. Ah! Which is a 4X card game. Yes, this is the one that you were talking about on Kickstarter, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is literally a, a 4X turn-based strategy card game and it's like it was scientifically engineered to be my thing. Yeah, that's really targeted. <laughs> it looks. But I, really I got good. to, I got to uh, interview a couple of the people, a couple of developers, and they showed me the game, and I played a round against them. Uh, it's really, they, they've got a really good grasp on what they're doing, and it manages to be both a, a deck designing game, not not like a deck building game where that's part of the gameplay, but you build your deck beforehand, and you also build your tech tree. Yeah. Which you can you generate resources by having planets, and you can spend your some of your resources in order to take a di- take higher level cards from your tech tr- tech pool and put them into your deck. I don't want to freak you out, but I pulled up their Kickstarter page so I could you know chime in with anything else that I thought was interesting. And guess what their header quote is? <laughs> I do believe it's from me. Yes, it's with deep strategic gameplay that doesn't get too complex to be inaccessible. Galacolider is a rich and refreshing take on the ever-expanding market of digital card games. It's highly engaging, and I look forward to sinking a lot of time into the game. And then, what kind of nerd said that? <laughs> some, some nerd named John Edward Bridgman at IndieGames.com. Go you. <laughs> some nerd. <laughs> some nerd. But no, it's really good and. Unlike most um, digital card games, it's not a collectible card game, but it's a free-to-play expandable card game. So you buy, like, an expansion, and that has all the cards you need from that expansion kind of thing? Uh, you can buy... The the way they're going to do it is they're going to release, with each with each new expansion, they're going to release a few expandable, like, smaller packs, but they're not randomized packs. Hey! So you see, okay, I... I want to put this card, these cards into my deck. Where do I get I those can cards? Grind, I can grind up a few hmm. in-game currency or spend some money because they they will they you can earn currency in-game by playing. I like that either but, or. And use that to pick up the specific packs that you need to complete your deck. You don't have to hope that you get a lucky pull or anything like that. All the there's no randomization in acquiring cards, and that's nice. Yeah. I w- one thing that's really interesting when it comes to collectible card well card games in general and player versus player experiences with free to play is effectively players who can play without spending money are a kind of content for other players. Mm-hmm. So by keeping the the barrier for entry really low and making it so if you want to keep playing like do you want to play 20 matches and therefore get some extra stuff that works as a hook to keep players uh playing and engaging with the game which makes content for other players to play with. It's a really good model. As long as you don't do it this, like scummy, unethical things, and I don't think they would. Well, this is what, uh, in terms of, of making it so that the, the the free players still hang around to to create more content for the paying players. Hearthstone does it really well. As much as I don't really care for it, yeah, uh, they do the they do the free to play model pretty well, especially compared to something like Duel's Origins, which doesn't really. Uh, the the progression that is so slow if you're not spending money because they they you've seen me complain about this on Twitter yes but uh, <laughs> they're the, they they their daily quests that get you extra in game currency most of them require you to use the in game deck building wizard mm. and this thing is so bad mm. I made. I made blue decks using their 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 deck building wizard, a blue white deck that wouldn't let me put Jason. <laughs> to, to be fair, that's because nobody likes Jace. <laughs> he's a really good card, though. Oh, he's really good. He's really good. Still, when I, when I get to when I get to play uh, with my own home homemade decks, Jace just wins every game because that card is ridiculous. Yep. I mean, uh, the 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 black white. 
archetype wizard, which I would like to remind you, the black-white archetype in Magic Origins is... Is enchantments. Okay. It would not let me use Oromancer. Which returns an enchantment from your graveyard to your hand? Yes. It is a Grey Ogre that lets you return an enchantment. It is the ideal card for that deck. So it's a bit of a, a, a bit of an unskilled wizard. It is a, not a very talented wizard. Oh, but I still play it every day. <laughs> All these years magic uh, players were like, they're building our decks for us, they're building our deck. No, if they were building your decks for you, apparently they would have been shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes, Gala Collider, it's, it's really well done. And I, I hope their Kickstarter goes well because I want to play this game. Yeah. Excellent. Well, well, having a quick glance at it now, they have uh, about a month to go, and they've got a fairly significant chunk of change. Hopefully, they'll get the rest of the way. Last I looked, they were right around 10k of 70 after, like, the first couple days. Yeah. If they got a month to go, they can't be very far in. Anyway. Well, they only launched it Tuesday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so? They, they launched it at literally the same time I put my article up. Stands to reason. Anyway. <coughs> so, uh, what about you, Talon? What have you been playing lately? So, I've mentioned that I've been playing a lot of Hotline Miami lately. And no, that was the theme of last We're episode. T- move on! Move on, man! Talon and I are just rehashing everything every week. <laughs> well, it's like, what do you do? Oh, I'm playing Magic. What are you doing? I'm playing Hotline Miami. And what have you done, Fox? Nothing. Oh, right. So same as every week. <laughs> why, do, why do we ever ask ourselves these questions? <laughs> Stay tuned for next week when I will have played more magic. <laughs> okay, next week we all have homework. <laughs> well, that was what I was going to say. I have had homework. I've had three assignments to do this week. So I have been looking for game experiences that are small, discreet, and can be set aside. And last week after playing Hotline Miami, I was three or four achievements from the end of the game. Which is, you know, get an A-plus on everything, which is the highest rank you can get for doing stuff in that game. Uh, and one of the achievements, which is just called Pure Luck, which is kill three people with a thrown brick. <laughs> like you do. Yeah. That's my kind of achievement. <laughs> and after the podcast, I didn't want to do any more work, so while I waited for it to download, waited for, waited for the audio to download... I went and played more Hotline Miami and got the last achievements, including the one about throwing a brick. That includes A-plusing everything? <laughs> yes, I A-plussed everything. I, I, you uh, have... You platted Hotline Miami? <laughs> yeah. You platted... Basically, yeah. I, I have all the Hotline Miami achievements. I have all the hidden achievements. I have done things that aren't achievements on the PC version of the game because only the PSP or Vita version of it has it, which would normally... <laughs> unlo- the, just one tiny detail. Uh... Hotline Miami, you wear a whole variety of different masks of animal masks, and they're meant to give you different behavior. And at first, it unlocks special abilities, like, you know, start the level with a knife, or dogs won't attack you, or stuff like that. But eventually, you get into the realm of, these are clearly a joke. Like, one of them is Phil, who is a fish, and it makes all the dialogue in the game French. (laughs) Really bad French. Um, one of, of course. Yes. <laughs> one of them is a bat that reverses all the controls. And by the way, one of the achievements is finish a level using the bat. Shouldn't the bat be the one that turns the lights out? That's the mole. Mm. And on the PSP release... Is that any relation to the mole from Monaco? <laughs> no, that would be, that would be I like way Zemol. good in... <laughs> I like Zamol. With his freedom spoon. Let's see, drilling through walls, as broken in Hotline Miami as in <laughs> Monaco. Monaco. <laughs> but the, uh, the, the one mask you can't get on the PC version, because it's only for the PSP release, is called Rocky, and it makes the screen completely black and white. It turns the whole thing into monochrome and gives it this grainy filter, except the blood. The blood is still bright red. Okay. It's a bull. Oh, yeah, okay. Bulls don't perceive color. That works. Yeah. At all. Why do you see the red? <laughs> Oh, yeah, not quite, actually. They have a limited visual color palette, oh. but it's not actually black and white. Yeah. So, but I, I see what they were thematically going for. Like, they're not supposed to be realistic representations of any animal. And, and it's a reference to Raging Bull and yeah. also Rocky. <laughs> I, I just really liked it. I, I'm kind of sad you can't get that mask on the PC version. But well, time to get a PSP. <laughs> is it not also a reference to Rocky and Bullwinkle? Probably, but he was a moose. Yeah, but he was called Bullwinkle. Bull. True, that's very And true. he was a bull moose. Technically. 
So what we're saying is that at some point in an un- unreleased episode, Teddy Roosevelt rode Bullwinkle across the Potomac River. That's um, in my fan fiction. By the way, editor. Uh, by the way, uh, listener. By the way, editor, that's you. Okay, <laughs> you are the editor. By the way, editor, get rid of this garbage. <laughs> nope, nope. That's the thing. This episode, fuck it. We're gonna we're gonna record for an hour, and then Fox can go and do whatever else she needs to do. And if we oh, want to do it live, it's my fault. Uh, <laughs> fuck it, we're doing it live. <laughs> we're doing it. This is the sort of crap you, that I normally protect you from, listener. Alan, I don't see you getting called up for bowls bowl duty. No, I don't. Again, I just had three assessments. Yeah, but you just had them. Now you have time to work on other things. Now I gotta work on the next like set. six hours of audio editing. Yeah, good Get point. to work. Crap. Anyway, yeah, I, I played a bunch of Hotline Miami, but I also moved on from playing Hotline Miami to a gift I got given this week. <laughs> Take note, listener. Now we have moved into new territory. We have moved into new... Here, the sound of the tone it will be this week. Beep. I got given a copy of Shadowrun Hong Kong. Ooh. And I downloaded it and installed it and then remembered I had an assignment to finish. So I put it away. <laughs> and I finished my assignment. I was a good boy. And then yesterday, I sat down play Hong Kong and the dog started whining extensively at me and I couldn't play it. So that's probably what tonight's going to be. But I'm looking forward to Hong Kong because a friend of mine, Fiora, has been playing it and she has been loving it. It's it, it's much more open than your classic. Like She compared it at one point talking to me to Bioware RPGs and that you've got that whole spread of possible options. But it's an even broader spread of options. Mm. There have been whole arcs where she's just negotiated with people and made deals and not engaged in fights at all. So that's really cool. Um, that is very interesting, though. The difference between it being a Bioware RPG or not would be about how interesting the side characters were. Probably. I one one of the yeah, side the side, the side characters in in Shadowrun tend to be in Shadowrun Returns tend to be pretty good. Yeah, and uh, one of the characters is, from what we can tell, like just an AI presence pretending to be a human with soft skin, <laughs> and she's adorable. So I like that. Since, since that's basically Fiora, I you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to Hong Kong. I hope I get a chance to sit down and play it for an extensive period of time. Is it when good I'm... as uh, Dragonfall or Dragon Souls or Hammer Dragon or whatever the previous one was? Dragonfall. Dragonfall. Uh, the... Dragonfall is really good. Yeah, the the arc that this again. I'm, I'm at this point basically, I should just have Fiora on the podcast to explain her stance on this. But the way she phrased it to me is Shadowrun Returns was good and Dragonfall was really good and Hong Kong is better. So <laughs> that kind of upward arc. Yeah. That's that's kind of nice. I suspect part of this because I've got the art book and I've leafed through it a little I suspect part of this is that they were reusing an engine so most of the development time for Hong Kong has just been on content oh, yeah. just making it look nice and putting sure. cool things in it well, that's reasonable yeah. sounds promising Yeah, no shame in reusing an engine by the way I mean, you know, Madden, yeah. Madden and Call of Duty both do it and it works out pretty well for them yeah, also a bunch everything of does it yeah. <laughs> everything does it Beyond Good and Evil and <laughs> Prince of Persia Sands of Time use the same engine yes and I love those freaking do they actually use the same engine? Yes. I didn't know that. They both use the Jade engine, yes. Mm-hmm. And at last check, the, the Beyond Good and Evil started its life as a tech demo internally. <laughs> well, that's the that's the, the name of the engine is the Jade was the Jade engine. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, look, I, it, this isn't controversial anymore, is it? Engines get reused. This is what happens. It's uh, everything uses Unreal. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just because I'm coming at this from a programmer perspective, but it's just a goddamn waste of time to to program something if there's already a perfectly good thing out there. Oh, Unless the point yeah, why, of the exercise uh, is learning to program a thing. Or like proof of concept. Why, why, yeah, why not? Uh, why not? Unity exists and Unreal <laughs> yeah. exists. Hell, we're already sick. Like, the Havoc <laughs> engine, the, the middleware of the Havoc engine is everywhere. It's in everything. Tr- the, Trine and Dark Souls have middleware in common. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't think this is a, considered to be a shameful thing anymore, and if it is, someone needs no. to be beat up for it. Well, the, the, <coughs> the, the, the Havoc physics in Dark Souls are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. And by that we mean they're basically doing their own thing, they run on moon logic. Occasionally ridiculous. <laughs> These ridiculous ragdolls everywhere, you could just drag them around, you could spin them and yeah. swing them around, it's great. I'm reminded of watching Shrike play, and at one point he swung an axe into a guy at the top of a step, he fell down and Shrike kept moving on, and when Shrike turned around and looked down the step, the guy was still bouncing up and down on the, top two, on the bottom two steps. <laughs> 
Yeah, sometimes they just go into spin cycle. Yeah. Well, Hotline Miami 2 has that problem with the pathfinding, because the levels are... The levels got all these little tight nooks in them, so ah. the... Because a, a lot of the way Hotline Miami's... Uh, Let's let's gently call it AI works is that guards are split into three basic types in that there are guards who just stand in a location and react to things that move in front of them. There are guards that react to sound, but not always. And there are guards who patrol. And the patrol doesn't really actually patrol. What it does is it finds an edge and moves to it until it finds another nearby edge. And then it does a 90 degree turn, which means that as the levels got more intricate and there are more little alcoves to go into you'd get a you get patrollers that walk into a corner and then just stand there spinning in one spot <laughs> that sounds like it should be relatively easy to fix yeah but i thought it was it. just follow the left wall <laughs> it oh, well. just follow the left wall they follow the left wall but the thing is when they see another wall near enough to them they go oh i need to turn so they see oh, that's the wall. left wall yeah and so you get My other left and um, it, it can happen with if you open a door near a dog in Hotline Miami 2, because they're like, oh, it's a 90-degree angle. But it's not a 90-degree angle. Whoop, 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 whoop. Well, that's good. If there's a way to trap the dogs without hurting them, I'm into that. <laughs> I'm really worried that Hotline Miami 2 isn't going to be that good. <clears throat> anyway. Almost definitely. But yeah, and... and uh, Basically, this, this current period is sort of a, a, a held breath, in that there's all this really good stuff happening, and... I don't know when I'm having the time to do any of it. I'm too busy writing about games in order to play them. <laughs> that's what you break is for. Oh, it's true, but unfortunately poor Jeb doesn't get that. No, that's my job. No, setting out. That's what I get paid for. And of course, if I do this well, like if this project works, my uni break might be spent refining and kickstarting a card game, which yeah. is... Go on. I'm sure you won't be working wall-to-wall for four months in that I'll period. I'll make sure he does. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so do you know about... I demand more card games. Alright, you know about Star Realms, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, at its core, so Star Realms is a deck builder game, but instead of having a pool, a market of deck pieces to put into your deck that every turn everyone looks at the market and chooses what they want. Star Realms works by having a deck, which is the market. And at the start of the turn, at the start of the game, you deal the top five cards off that deck and players make purchases. Whenever the whenever a card gets purchased from that pool, it gets replaced with the top of the deck. So what you can mm-hmm. buy is semi-random. Mm-hmm. That's... The, the DC Comics, uh, or the Marvel Comics uh, deck building game works like that. Oh, cool. Right. So it's going to be that kind of game. Except this is going to be a player versus... Um, enemy game. It's a cooperative game where there are a pair of servers that represent a pair of conflicting mega corporations that hate each other. Jump in there and fuck them both up. The, pla- you, the, the name of the game is Middle Space at the moment because you are the people crushed in the middle between massive powerful entities that don't give a shit about you. So you are... A ver- so it's kind of like Netrunner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad. Could you hear the could you hear the smug in my voice? <laughs> I'm not mad. I just can't answer that. Like maybe? I don't know. It's a cyberpunk game. It's a cyberpunk card game. Though, I need to get you Netrunner. <laughs> though I understand Netrunner is asymmetrical player versus player rather than player versus yeah. experience. Yeah. But it's still one of the best card games ever made. You should play it. Um, at, at this point, I'm looking at just picking up the core set on the basis of enough people have said, and I should probably do it. Apparently, I could just wait. If it wasn't so atrociously expensive. If, if it wasn't so prohibitively expensive, I'd just mail you mine, and I've never u- gotten to use it. <laughs> the uh, the shtick of this is also going to be it's character driven. In that, mm-hmm. in your starter deck, which is going to be mostly generic cards that represent your day to day life, like go to your job, do some day, do some minor personal maintenance. And by the way, I'm figuring caring for yourself is going to be one of the things you need to do on a daily basis. Otherwise, you know, you get sick. Um, there are character cards, and each character has different goals. So, in addition to your base deck, there are going to be three cards that represent personal goals, and one card that represents you. And that card is going to have a special ability that represents how you do things. So, indeed, the percussive, percussive maintenance. Percussive maintenance. It might well be that there will be a cranky system administrator who's really good at wrecking servers physically. Uh, percussive maintenance. This is something exactly Jeff. what it sounds like. <laughs> yes, it it's exactly it what it sounds like. Fox, you know what percussive maintenance is. You've worked with enough computers in your life. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the the general gist of the idea at this point. 
And that's why I was releasing on Twitter that odd graphic while I was working out names. Because I'm so bad at naming stuff! <laughs> I can do names. I'm good at names. <laughs> cool. Anyway. Unless they happen to be names for three characters who are in a visual novel I'm trying to work on where I can't get the last one to fit! <laughs> you have such a hard time with that, aren't you? Ah! Tell you what, though. Watching... Working on this Cyberpunk game and then finding out that Satellite Rain is coming out. <laughs> like, it got out... It, it's not in early access anymore. It's out. Yeah. I, it looks great. <laughs> I, had, I had a rule of, like, don't buy anything in early access if you can help it. And I figured Satellite Rain. I've seen its Kickstarter. It's in early access now. I'm kind of nervous, Maybe it won't be any good. I'll leave it alone. And now it's out. And now I'm really hoping it's good. <laughs> I've heard it's quite good. Um, I've watched Quentin Smith of the Shut Up, Sit Down show and now of the new Cool Ghosts gaming channel, which he makes with Matt Lees, talking about it. it the way he described it sounded very exciting to me in that it's as much about watching your heists go cockeyed as anything mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm quite fond of the. I can the, always, I can, I, the, the way that the, the game is, was was um, shown to me was that uh, because it's open and seamless and there's no levels, you could completely fuck up a, a heist <laughs> going to you know you're at one place and you completely fuck it off and you have to run off and you go somewhere else and fuck it up there too. <laughs> yeah. And, and I love the aesthetic. And I, when, when they were showing off the Kickstarter, one of the things they decided to make a whole video about, which is at the top of the Kickstarter, was the rain. The literal R-A-I-N. Uh, and watching reflective surfaces. And I remember at the time thinking, this is such a waste of resources! Why does it have to look this good? And now it's out, and I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm kind of glad it looks that good. <laughs> you shallow bastard. Eh, a little bit. I didn't think you needed to be reflective surfaces on the on the tarmacs and whatnot, but it does look like a really cool game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying out this enthusiasm thing, all right? Give me a break. <laughs> it's all right. I'm not really having a go at you for being superficial anyway. Have you met me? Yes. Yes, good point. <laughs> <clears throat> me who is like, I like all the Eevees except the new one because it's lame. It, it looks lame. I... Uh, speaking of, uh, again of a thing I only know from watching from impressions uh, Destiny I'm watching a couple of my friends play Destiny like not streaming it because I can't my connection can't handle that but just watching them talk about it and sharing screenshots um, Luis and Caitlin have both done this and oh yes Luis who was on the show um, right <laughs> yeah and it does look like whoever designed that game had some really good ideas uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Animal Crossing but a shooter <laughs> <laughs> That I'd be more interested in, but I don't know, it's it's funny because it got hyped and it got raved about so much, but it has failed to do anything to show me its distinctiveness, like its its name is so generic, its description <laughs> is so generic, and... The plot sounds awful. Yeah, <laughs> it just, I, it hasn't managed to interest me at all, which is probably good because it's an FPS, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just mm -hmm. not into first person games, yeah. but... Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a game know. that just it's... happens to be fun to play. <laughs> it's... That's what it's got going for it. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like that seems like its only redeeming feature, that it's loads of fun. <laughs> because it's you a can pretty do good redeeming feature. <laughs> you can do some ridiculous stuff in it. That's... The thing is, listener, you don't know what we just edited out. It's a mystery. It could have been a cupcake recipe. <laughs> it was pants. <laughs> Always pants. Some people might say that this entire podcast is pants. Basically. <laughs> well, um, Des Destiny sits in the back of my mind as one of those titles I want to pick up when that generation of, of consoles becomes cheaper. Um, I Well, that that's the way I view Dragon's Dogma and uh, Infamous. What's it on? Uh, it's on the X-Bone. And PS4. Okay, PS4 we might eventually pick up one of. I, I, it, it's highly unlikely we'll ever own an Xbox console. Yeah, the, the way I tend to look at it... Well, the, ben, the benefit to owning an X-Bone is Viva Pinata. Fair. On the other hand, Viva Pinata works on the 360, right? It does. And the 360 <laughs> is at like 25 bucks right now. <laughs> Something like that. So really Viva Pinata's really good. Have we not done that on the Wii? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm just saying, a piñata game does sound like, like, Wiimote. Uh, you know, th this uh, is a natural conclusion, isn't it? My Wiimote is certainly more like a stick than a sword. 
Because Rare is Microsoft's property. <laughs> Frankly, stickwaggle controls would do a lot better if they were... Well, they do a lot better when the thing you're trying to do in the game is waggly. Like, I I love Zelda, but I still found Skyward Sword really frustrating to play with a sword. But, you know, if it was a stick, and if I'm just trying to beat the crap out of something with a stick in any old way, I kind of like that. That could work well. I, well, no, in Viva Piñata, you're, you're raising the piñatas so that they can be sent off to children. You don't get to beat well, them with a stick? Well, you do have the option to beat them with a shovel. <laughs> I don't know why that makes it so much funnier, but it does. I I want to see... A shovel, that's just mean-spirited. On the note of shovels, did you see that Shovel Knight is getting an amiibo? <laughs> Was that for real? That is, that is absolutely 100% oh. for real. Oh, a non-Nintendo cow. property is getting an amiibo. Okay, does this mean that Amiibos are going to be open to, like, third-party ideas, or does this mean that Nintendo would Wasn't really, there already a Sonic amiibo? really like to claim Shuffle Knight's popularity? I don't believe there's a, there's a Sonic Amiibo. Yeah, because there's a I'll... Sonic Amiibo. He's in Smash Brothers. I'm sure there's a Sonic Amiibo. It's like amiibo. the best Sonic figure ever made, frankly. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, to be fair, uh, it's currently listed as a Nintendo of America Sonic the Hedgehog toy, so... Uh... <laughs> Oh, all what does the, the world amoe- come to? Dogs are breeding all the amoe- cats. <laughs> all the all the amoebas are technically <laughs> Nintendo property. So, I I this this actually came up interestingly today talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. Where free, sorry, talking about Freedom Planet. Where I was going to say we need to stop talking about Sonic hey. the Hedgehog. We need an intervention. <laughs> does it, maybe what this really means is that Shovel Knight's going to be in Smash Brothers? Oh, that'd be cool. What's his name? Shovel Knight. That, that's his actual name. Okay. He's I thought he had a knight. real name as well, and he was the shovel. Like that's a title. The shovel knight and the shield knight, I think, is the other one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you go into butt mode, they become the butt knight and the butt knight. <laughs> There's a butt mode. There's a mode of shovel knight you can unlock by doing a challenge in the game called butt mode, where all the most common words in the script are replaced with the word butt. Oh, this is glorious. <laughs> How do I not have this game? What's wrong with me? Why am I always broke during the sales? Ah. Oh, right, because everything, there's always a sale. There's nowadays. always a sale. <laughs> Bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> there's always a sale. It's just that when there's something worth, worth buying mm. on sale. Like with the Devolver sale, where Hotline Miami was on sale. Ah. Ah. Again with Hotline Miami. Again. Actually, on the note of sales, uh, the current Humble Bundle, uh, the Humble Weekly Bundle, so it will be up still when this podcast goes up, has in it, for at the lowest tier, at the cheapest tier, for like a buck, The Marvelous Mistake. Which remains a great game, definitely worth grabbing for a buck. And if you don't have, if you if you have more than a buck, the next tier for that game for that bundle includes Cloud Built, which is a third-person parkour uh, abstract run. Well, not abstract. A third-person parkour game <laughs> with a really charming aesthetic. Aesthetic runner. Yeah. Well. Like, Mirror's Edge tried to contextualize your parkour in the terms of doing things, and there was another set of runners that deliberately didn't give you any space or context. You you weren't doing anything, whereas Cloud Built kind of sits between the two. Ah, okay. Like, you are dealing with hanging platforms in the air, but you are trying to get to a thing. You have a goal. Yeah, we always used to deal with hanging platforms in the air. (laughs) That used to be just how platforms were. (laughs) That's why they call them platformers. (laughs) Gravity. Welcome to Platformers, where gravity can go fuck itself. Yeah, why not? I, I'm sorry, I don't, if that is your main concern with games, like, why doesn't the platform fall out of the air? You have just no love in your soul at all. Why can the plumber jump 12 times his own height? Why, can why the, indeed? Why can the goat jump while it's already in the air? Why is the hedgehog blue? That and the it. answer to all these questions is, fuck off. <laughs> uh, excuse me, the hedgehog is blue because of... Uh, reaction that occurred in the uh, in uh, Kindlebor's lab when he was trying when he was trying to no one believes this shitty fleetway version <laughs> uh, siphon the power from the chaos emeralds t- into the planet jeb 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 forget it jeb it's sunk <laughs> that, that's, that's that's the reason why by the way he's blue the, ex- the experiment turned him blue just, just so you know listener this is an argument that I have to edit out on more occasions than you'd think <laughs> There's a very easy conclusion, which is the UK Sonic writers are fucking hacks. Which does not set them apart from anyone else who's written Sonic. What's the name of that Tumblr again? Thank you. Uh, uh, it's like, thanks, Ken Penders. Or <laughs> Ken Penders, God, yeah. Ken Penders. Or what the fuck is up with Ken Penders? <laughs> 
Yeah, I vanished for most of a day at one point. <laughs> <laughs> that happened when I pushed when I uh, accidentally pushed Melissa into the Occupy Richie Rich hole. It was interesting to go back and and remember exactly how fucking terrible they were at designing Sonic characters. Like, okay, Sonic's ever expanding stable of new friends is kind of shit and stupid, but they Beautiful. were just you know you have Sonic and you you have him surrounded by these characters who are obviously from an American cartoon who look nothing like Sonic Universe characters and they're like all brown and have you know long muzzles and and just you know animal features that don't exist on sonic who's mostly made of balls and spikes okay so you had the opportunity to get this conversation away from sonic the hedgehog but you didn't so what have you got to talk about i was talking to aaron about freedom planet and the conversation came around to the idea that well, now you're talking about sonic the now you're talking exactly. about sonic the hedgehog you... starring starring uh the purple dragon girl so- Star- starring someone's original character. Yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Th- this is the thing that I was that I realized in that um, high level play wise, Freedom Planet does not behave like a Sonic game. Like you cannot play it like a really high level instant reaction. Really, like any level of Sonic game, I have real trouble with it because just the difference between having an attack button and a jump button is two separate things. Yeah, completely changes how you play that shit. But if you view Sonic the Hedgehog as a large level, high speed character-driven story game, then Freedom Planet is amazing. So there's going to be a a very clear disconnect between the two groups of fans. And... hmm? (laughs) I've raised my hand to get teachers' attention. Um, Anyone who views Sonic as a story game is crackers? Let's go look at Sonic OCs, shall we? No, no, no. That's... Okay, that's a separate thing. People certainly made up their own story to put into it. But Sonic was essentially devoid of story, except for a tiny bit of connective tissue saying he went that way. That's all that shit is. You, it is not a story game. It is character driven. I'll give you that. Excuse me, uh, but uh, Sonic Sonic Three and Knuckles has a clear, <laughs> defined story arc, and I will not have you besmirch the name of our Lord Hedgehog. A clearly defined story arc, which is. Somebody fooled Knuckles. Oh, sorry. Robotnik fooled Knuckles. <laughs> and he went that way. <laughs> Sonic Adventure. And then, and then. Sonic Adventure is when they started Every story, single Sonic game after. the first bad Sonic. Go on, every single Sonic game after Sonic 3 and Knuckles had the story arc of, oh, Robotnik fooled Knuckles. <laughs> and then they went that way. Yep, pretty much. That's what <laughs> Knuckles does. Isn't that why they made him basically a giant dumbass in the cartoon? Now, I don't... That's I why don't they made him you. amazing in the cartoon. <laughs> I've, I've now seen the uh, the chicken uh, <laughs> clip. You, you have seen that, right? No. <laughs> oh, okay, you, just, just search for the Knuckles chicken clip. Okay. I'm pretty uh, sure it was chickens. It was chickens. I don't play Sonic at that high level. I don't play any video game at that high level, except apparently Hotline Miami. I don't... Anyway. Um, but the point was made to me that colors and generations both play like high-level Sonic games. The, the character-driven stuff... Was so high-level Sonic games are shit? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I played Colors, and I did not really find it had any of the charm of the old ones. Can you do that again? I coughed over you. Right. Sorry. Uh, I, I have played Colors, I own Colors, and I didn't really find it had any of the charm of the older ones. It was a bit like a better version of Sonic Adventure, but, you know, that's... that That is not a statement that indicates it is anywhere near the quality of the old Sonics. I didn't hate Adventure, but it wasn't very good. I played Sonic Generations, and it was really boring. <laughs> You're not even in the it's half good camp, go away modern Sonic and shut up. Really boring. (laughs) So hey. Also, fuck, I- Not near- that's not nearly enough mean mugging to the camera like you get from (laughs) from Sonic Boom. (laughs) Because uh... Sonic Boom's cutscenes are just Sonic and his forest pals (laughs) making these stupid mugs to the camera, it's great. You take the left path. (laughs) Yeah. Then then, then Knuckles looks down at his hands to make sure he knows which one's left. God damn it, this game shouldn't be funny. <laughs> as far as Freedom Planet goes, by the way, uh, I, I don't want to say I dislike that at all. I, I think it's really nice and charming, and I actually like the characters. But fuck Christ, it needs a voice volume control, okay? I'm sorry. Your your voice acting is very nice for an indie game, I guess, but I just, I, I need cartoon characters to shut up in video games. 
Look. Sorry. Just let me control it. Don't, I'm not saying don't do it. Enjoy it. Some people love it. That's great. Let me turn it off. Freedom Planet devs, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you sound like a couple of people lopping your OCs. <laughs> And that's not a bad thing, but I don't want to have to hear it to engage with your game. It's a bad thing if they actually got voice actors, which I think they did. I don't think those I'm pretty the sure apps. they did. I'm very sorry. Semi-professional voice actors, I think. Like, you know, indie voice actors. going to find out that Sarah Here's was in the... my understanding. I'm going to find out that Sarah was in the game and I'm going to look like the worst human. <laughs> but this is a question of context as well. Like, I have super low tolerance for American and Canadian accents in voice acting because that's... You know, that's a level of disconnect for me. Everything seems less real when it has one of those accents. Um, all American accents? Because that's like basically Can every the, piece of media. Canadians we- yeah. are not real. It's it's harder for media to make me invest in it when it has American voices attached to it. That's just how it is. Well, you're gonna, how do you you're engage gonna, with anything? You're going dis- to dissociate with it because it's not it's not familiar to you yeah. on a, a constant level. It, it doesn't mean I can't. It just makes it a little bit harder. So oh, okay. it, it emphasizes if the acting is bad. And again, especially if this happens in fantasy stuff. Right. Um, hearing everyone, like uh, hearing mom in a fantasy game. Oh, yeah. Just like my emotion, bam, it's gone. Uh, it's just a little thing that when it comes up, because it's so unnatural to me, sort of ruins things a bit. And now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news that's fit to print for the month of August, 2008. Brought to you by Pender's Canned Meat Product. Tastes just like real hedgehog. <laughs> 2008, the year of really awful glasses that we were using at New Year's Day celebrations. 2008, a year that happened a long time ago, apparently. A year that happened like seven years ago. Yeah. If, if this year was a child, it would be going to school and being really annoying by now. So, all children. <laughs> that, that, that's what children do, isn't it? That, that's children, all children right from there? Age, all children from age 0 to 32. <laughs> yeah, basically. I'll, I'll, I'll let you have that. Okay. So, <laughs> in this month, it was a weird time in 2008. We had a couple of overlapping transitions between... Uh, companies and August has just never been that amazing a month for releases. It's usually where you roll out safe bets or things that aren't particularly high investment. You know, you put something out there so no one forgets you exist, but you don't. You don't do blockbusters during this period. No, yeah, apparently so. This well, you've got your you've got your big stuff. At, you know, you're you're announcing your big stuff that's coming out of the holidays at this time of year. Yeah, because this is convention season. Yeah. Okay. You- I, I don't know a lot about release cycles on account of Australia didn't really have one until yeah. we like until people actually started going worldwide with their release dates. Uh, yeah, until digital distribution became a thing. <laughs> then it was like we might see this game by next year at some point, maybe, I don't know. Oh, it accidentally came out uh, just after Christmas. Ah. <laughs> I, I can tell you about release cycles now that I, you know, have to dread every convention weekend. It's like, oh, it's okay. there's not going to be anything new coming out because I'm not going to get anything to cover because everyone is playing their cards close to the chest, their their chest for 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 packs for Gamescom for. <laughs> I see. It's it's a uh, you know pre- at this point Jeb has basically got the hype cycle hooked up to his veins. <laughs> But well, like t- today, I had to write about a release trailer, and the day before that, it was oh, here's a trailer for a demo at PAX. <laughs> why would you even? Ah! Because I have to write, I have to cover something. Oh, no, not why would you even? Why would they even release a trailer for a demo? Okay, so in 2008, there well, were. Well, to be fair, that's yeah. to be fair, that's for the the spiritual successor to uh, to Giant Citizen Kabuto, and it looks kind of cool yeah. because you can play as a giant stompy monster. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just like trailer for a giant demo for a convention. Giants, too many levels. Would you? Well, wouldn't you want to watch a trailer about a giant stompy monster? I don't like to watch marketing about marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that the the trailer for that game does a better job of being Evolve than Evolve did. <laughs> like I actually want to play that game. First wonder, in case anyone's wondering. Yes. Now, there are a couple of games that came out there. I, I am completely certain that neither of y'all will guess this. This is just not a feasible thing. So I, instead of trying to make you guess the thing... So Jeff will guess it. No, 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 not even. No? I'm going to read not even? the opening paragraph of the Wikipedia page for these games. Guess it now, Jeb. <laughs> and, <you'll, laughs> and, and we'll see what your reaction is to learning about this game's existence. Blank, formerly known by the codename Project White Rock, is a cross-platform action puzzle video game by Red Links for Windows and Engage 2.0 compatible devices. 
Wow. <laughs> this sounds like it could be Explosion Man. No, 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 no. Explosion Man had some heart. This. <laughs> oh, this is a soulless. Oh. Oh, this is awful. So it's Explosion Man. Oh. Um... <laughs> but yes, this was released for Windows Phone and the Engage 2.0. Oh, Windows Phone? I oh, thought you just said Windows. Man. No, the, I, I read the quote. So, oh, sorry. It does run for Windows and Engage 2.0. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it's not a Windows Phone game. But yes. Uh, th- this game is a game called Reset Generation. It looks pretty awful, and by pretty awful, I mean one of the characters is a really badly done Sonic fan art, yes. with his arm replaced with a chain at the end of which is an enormous ring. That's amazing. <laughs> is it actually a Sonic fan art? It is actually Sonic fan art. The, the characters, oh. the characters are all meant to evoke other games' characters. Uh, no, okay, it's like a parody. I, I thought you meant like a sincere piece of fan art. Oh no, no, that no, had no. been drafted into this game out of spite. <clears throat> You're right. Yeah, that looks horrible. Yeah, I, I do not have height. Like I, I don't. I don't think, oh, I want a new game, I'll look to the Engage library no, at sure. the best of times, but that particular one did not look good at all. But yeah, <coughs> Fat Sonic with a ring arm. <laughs> he just showed me this picture, and yeah, kind of like what you get if you cross Sonic with a bulldog. Now, another another one of this these... Is, this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> <laughs> we can deal. Fine. Nothing well, wrong Sonic here. the bulldog does kind of fit. Now, another, another one of these games that I don't think anyone would get... Uh, Blank. I like the Bomberman with the hearts. <laughs> I really do. Blank is a role-play video, role-playing video game developed and produced by Square Enix for the Nintendo DS handheld game console. The game involves two friends who travel through time, attempting to restore an altered past and solve murders. This sounds amazing! <laughs> this sounds like a lot a... of games. <clears throat> Only two characters. Huh? Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to make you, you know, hang up on, on answering this one. It's, it's a game called uh, Sigma Harmonics. Mm, yep. And it did quite well in Japan. Uh, debuted quite highly. We get a Western release? Uh, it, did, it did get a Western mm-hmm. release. It's just, it was a a bit of an odd thing that I've never heard of it. The 2D thing or 3D? <laughs> no visuals at all on the on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> no idea what this game looks Boo. like. Well, we found our homework. <laughs> Blank. Alright, hey, you got to stop doing this just reading from Wikipedia no, no, no. articles. This is the man. last, this is, this is the last one. This oh, is the okay. last one. Because this one, I, there's an outside chance that Jeb will know it, but I'm pretty sure no. Uh, Blank is a video game developed by Skip Limited and published by Nintendo for the Wii. The game was released exclusively what in the fuck Japan. would I know it when I've never heard of it? <laughs> the, when the console doesn't exist in my universe. <laughs> it was rumored to get a translated European release, but was never released outside Japan. The game puts players in the role of Nick, an ordinary guy whose alter ego, Blank, was once a popular TV superhero. In order to regain his popularity, Nick travels to Mimin Island, a place where dreams are said to come true. Blank is an action-adventure game that involves making friends with the other island residents, who are all also lesser known Nintendo characters, collecting crystals and granting people's wishes. She sounds pretty Sounds fun. amazing. Yeah. It's called Captain Rainbow. Awesome. <laughs> I want this game. Nintendo, I know you're listening. I'm um, into this. We, we, we need to have this game here. We Captain very, Rainbow for Smash. We would very much appreciate I will, it. I will buy a Wii U <laughs> for Captain Rainbow. <laughs> you can write this down. You can Jeb write promises. this down. <laughs> I, Jeb, hereby solemnly swear to I... buy the Captain Rainbow Special Edition Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> this this game seriously features meeting Birdo and granting her wishes. <laughs> uh, but, uh, sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Birdo's wishes. Who? I, I'm Let's lost. not go there. <laughs> Let's not go there. It's not as clear-cut as poison, and that's saying something. Yeah, but... Just this giant crop of Nintendo B-listers. <laughs> Who the heck is that? Right in the center. Is One Cap- of these things is not like the others. <laughs> still. So, yeah, that that's a game that came out in 2008, and we still we don't have, have it. Let me see if I recognize any of them. No, 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 no. No, we'll I do- wanna. No, because nothing, nothing sucks worse on a podcast than everyone sitting there quietly going, hmm. The guy in the front kind of looks like the character from Hana Samurai, but I'm not sure if that's a Nintendo first party thing or an indie thing. That and Captain Rainbow just... I, I think I think at some point he stole Jeff's Just look. let me know if Mouser is involved. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that he stole Jeb's look at some point. You don't often get this sort of blend of Sentai and Western superhero. Yeah. 
Which so. is pretty plainly what this guy is. Now, ultimately, I did know about Captain Rainbow myself because a couple of years ago... Because you played it. Jim Sterling was saying, why the hell haven't yeah. you translated this game? This looks amazing. <laughs> Come on, I want to play this game. I don't want to sit here complaining about Konami. I want to play Captain Rainbow. That sounds like something you would do. All right, so <clears throat> back to the traditional model of the game. So um, how are we supposed to top Captain Rainbow? <laughs> We have a franchise game on the PlayStation 3. It's about a pair of characters, probably. You know, the, the name of the show is, the name of the game is about two characters. Ratchet and Clank? Yes, it's a Ratchet and Clank game. Which one is it? Uh, All for one? It's the one that's got a bum joke. Okay, up, uh, Ratchet and up Clank, your the one that's got a bum joke. <laughs> Ratchet and Clank, the quest for booty. Ah. Oh, it's not up your arsenal? No, not up your arsenal, but that's a really good name for a game. <laughs> They, they did make one called that, didn't they? That's wonderful. Are the Ratchet and Clank games any good? They've never been in my radar. Nah. Uh, the only one I've played was alright. I think it was up your arsenal. You remember how no, I said I was superficial? Uh, yeah, they're ugly robots. I, Ratchet and Clank is, um, it's kind of meant to be a follow the leader of Banjo-Kazooie, right? No. Okay. Um, but, uh, there's a game that, uh, I'm really fond of that's kind of, uh, in the same vein as Ratchet and Clank in terms of the, the ridiculous weapons and the, the 3D moving around the environments and being kind of puerile with its humor. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Make a Sonic the Hedgehog joke quick. <laughs> no, I was being sincere about, about Sunset Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up. By the way, Sunset Overdrive is amazing. <laughs> We have... You on PC yet? No. Not yet. All right. I can wait. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have a third-person open-world shooter game that's a sequel to another game, and it's kind of hard to convey much about how generic this game is in its grizzled badassery, but the, the logo for this game includes, at the end of the word, a symbol that is the Ace of Clubs, sorry, Ace of Spades, with a skull in the Ace of Spades, mm. and the skull is wearing sunglasses. Yeah. And behind it, there is a crossed machine gun and a rocket launcher, and in front of it, there is a grenade. It's Mercenaries 2. <laughs> it's Mercenaries 2, wow. He's good. <laughs> it was a wonderfully ridiculous logo. It's pretty stupid. <laughs> How do you think I remember? How do you think I was able to guess the game? <laughs> I guess it did its job. It's like, oh yes, that ridiculous logo, that's Mercenaries too. <laughs> it's one of those wonderful marketing exercises of, do we want respect or will we settle just for remembrance? <laughs> I, I don't get the box to be design. Fair for, to be fair for Mercenary, for, for that game, it's going for right. remembered is, is fine because it's not respectable. Respect, <laughs> respectable. It's, it's just goofy. <laughs> It's kind of fun. At last check, it's a game with a deformable environment and the ability to call down airstrikes, which is to say most levels yes. end completely flat. Yes. <laughs> break everything. <laughs> okay. you you break everything. Begrudging interest. <laughs> All right. We have a very long-running RPG series. This is the 10th installment of that series. Dragon Quest? No. 2008. Uh, I don't think Dragon Quest was up to 10 at that point. Uh, I'm sure it was. It has... Might Magic? Nope. Uh, it's a Japanese game. It was on the 360. It's really quite pretty in that very elegant watercolor Well, not watercolor but very uh, pastel, uh, marker-color style. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just... How many different media are you going to go through here, boyo? All of them, all right? It's a it's it's a impressionistic, fuchsia-tinted kumquat. That's rose. not a medium. <laughs> what, you can't paint in kumquat? You can't paint out a kumquat? I think you're not trying hard enough. <clears throat> uh... <laughs> I can think of a lot of Was there a Saga game on the Not Saga. Not Saga, but it does, you know, it does, you know, the, the name of the series is a type of story, not a saga. <laughs> uh, published by Namco ba Bandai. Oh, is it a Tales game? It's a Tales game. Right. It's Tales of Vesperia, which I think is the type of gas the Protoss used to make units. Marker Vespine. It's Vespine. Tales of Vesperia. On the cover, you, has maybe. A <laughs> Tales the of game Vesperia is made of has... 3D things. <laughs> Tales of Vesperia has a playable character who is a dog. Hey! It also has a dog some really who wields dudes. a knife. A dog who wields a knife in his mouth. I'm into this. While smoking a pipe. 
That's awesome. Dogs shouldn't smoke. That's not good for you. Bad for dog health. No, this dog is badass, though. He even has a scar on his eye. Oh, wow. Oh, does he have an eye patch? Grizzled veteran dog. No. Ah. He is a grizzled veteran dog. He is awesome. Repeat his best dog. Hmm. Uh, no wonder if Hideo Kojima is the listener. <laughs> I'm just saying, if Solid Snake was a dog, that game would be immeasurably improved. Apparently, Metal Gear, uh, the Phantom Pain lets you have a dog companion. That is not the same. Right. I want to be a dog. I want the eye patch and the headband and the stubble on a dog. I got to throw Okami at a classmate. Not like physically throw, but actually got physically to... throw dog. <laughs> we, we were t- we were not the game, the dog. <laughs> yeah, Amaterasu descended from heaven and uh, rolled his spear of fire. We because we're doing this whole Asian or ethnography, and people are like, what are things I can engage with that give me insights into Japanese meaning? I'm like, well, do you like playing video games? <laughs> would be a good choice. It is a very Japanese game. It's an incredibly Japanese game with um, overtones of Ainu mythology, which I didn't know that there's a whole bunch of stories in there that relate to uh, pre-Japanese culture. Yeah, yeah. There's sort of a. It's not evident at first, but in the third arc of the game, it's sort of like it's almost a world shifted so different. It's pretty cool. So. We have a platformer game where the enemy is the Bads. They are constructing the Albatross Project, and their name is the Bads. The Bads with two Ds. Isn't that what the enemies are in um, in Rabbits? Ah, I don't know. Not it's not uh, Raving Rabbits. Though. No, it is a uh, enhanced remake of a 1988 game. We've made fun of this series in the past. Have we? Yes. Oh, okay. So it's not like the Rocket Knight remake or anything? No. That was actually no. a good game. No, yeah. it's... Uh... <laughs> uh, Bionic Commando? Bionic Commando rearm, yeah. The, the bad guys in Bionic Commando are called the Bads. The Bads. They are the Bads. Yeah. Because they couldn't say Nazis. Yeah. And they're... Uh, the, the, the remake had to cut out Hitler's head in a jar exploding. <laughs> that is so disappointing. <laughs> All right. I just, of all the things you could cut from a game, but no, leave exploding Hitler heads in there. That's good. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what Hitler's we want. Head. We that's want to see Hitler. Hitler head yeah, that's good stuff. Why I'm here? <laughs> that doesn't send any negative messages. It sends the message of don't be a dictator who kills a bunch of people, or your head will be put in a jar and exploded. <laughs> I keep in mind the original by the Commando, the, the, in the uh, the the Japanese version, had Hitler's melting face. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, this is this is a serious tradition that should have been maintained. And these are all very positive messages, I think. Don't be Hitler. Yes. Don't be Hitler. That Don't be Hitler or your face behind. will melt. Don't be Hitler. <laughs> Video games let me experience all our kinds official of our official policy like on the downloadable con- concept podcast. Our official policy on this podcast. Don't be Hitler or your face will melt. <laughs> and Fleetway is bullshit. All right. We have a role-playing sports video game. In the Zombies that- 11? Fuck me. Jeff yes. got it wrong. He can't say it. <laughs> yes. That's because I can't fucking pronounce it. <laughs> Go on, Fox, then. Oh, no, I'm in trouble. It's Inazuma. No, there's an, there's more to the title than Eleven. that. Eleven. Oh, yeah, yeah. You want me to say Eleven? Yeah, i got to say, I'm really surprised at the direction the Zuma franchise took. Stop that! <laughs> Where's the giant frog belching soccer balls at kids? That's probably one of the characters. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, have you seen the characters? <coughs> the ones who aren't adorable Shota Shorts boys are like freaky giant cartoon characters. Really weird. Really weird. One of my favorite points about Inazuma 11 for all of its multimedia importance and you know how high and it is uh, on Metacritic. <laughs> it's multimedia importance. Yeah, there's like this like uh, uh, ah! There's a multiple year spanning anime. You may have heard of it and watched all of it. That doesn't make twice. it important. That just makes it lengthy. But yeah, <laughs> despite how big it is, it has a total of eleven reviews on Metacritic. It only got released in Europe. Yeah, there was no American version. It just amuses me. Yeah. All right, we have a DS release of an enhanced edition of a game that was almost that particular generation of very very small games with very simplistic animation being distributed on the internet in the late 90s, early 2000s. Cave Story? Uh, smaller and more minimalist than that. V, 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 v? Uh, sl- more, more complicated animation than that. More lethal and dangerous than V, 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 V. Digital only release or a cartridge? Uh, well, it, Meat Boy? It was, a, it was a digital release. And Meat Boy? It's, no, not Meat Boy. And its first incarnation was free. Is it Spelunky? Bit-trip? Uh, not Bittrip, not Spelunky. It's just a letter. N. N. N got a DS oh. re- 
N Damn. N has a has a DS re-release called N Plus. Right. Well, now there's an there's an N plus plus. You yeah. played the fuck out of that game. I played a ton of N. It's pretty good to watch as well. Yes, I know nothing about it. It's um, it's a it's an infinitely lethal, uh, imperfect action platformer. Stick figure back Same. Um, <laughs> sticky gravity, you might say. Yeah, uh, momentum based. The you have a timer to do blocks of levels, so you can actually take it really easy on one level, and the next level you take one step and explode because you ran out of time. Oh yeah, it's stick figure gore, which was one of our favorite things. Yes. At that time of the uh, <laughs> that that time of the internet, we just loved seeing stick figures exploding in bloody showers. Yeah, and completely gratuitous. Uh, levels of uh, of security in these areas. <laughs> you know, here's a missile turret next to a chain gun turret because you need both just in case. Sometimes some people are serious both. about security. There is no kill like overkill. I don't see anyone leaking their customers' passwords. If there's if there's a thing worth doing, it's worth doing right. <laughs> N plus plus is I'm told even better. And not getting apparently a much coverage, so please do if you're in a position to do so. Check it out and get as the long word as they out didn't there. fancy up the graphics or anything. All right, I know nothing about it. So. All right, we nobody have, has told me anything. We have the game that made indie games matter. Oh fuck off! <laughs> have we already done Braid? <laughs> it's Braid, yes. That's what I said. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> The very first release of Braid was in August 2008, and lo and behold, indie gaming journalism began the Suddenly slow, steady existed. process of vanishing up its own ass. <laughs> well, but then it turned around. <laughs> Time reversed. <laughs> Came back out of the arse. But no, not, not to dismiss all indie game journalism, but there's a certain caliber that wants to stand around smelling Jonathan Blow's farts, and I'm just not that into it. <laughs> we were... Most of us were guilty of being a bit too impressed with Braid. It's okay. It's just human. It was charming at its time, and then it just kind of got wore its welcome out. Braid is better on its first playthrough than it is on its perfect playthrough. <laughs> Do you know that yeah, war is bad? War is bad. Uh, Nukes would, are bad. It's, uh, it's in the same camp as Limbo in that it got credit for having an amazing story, whereas what should have gotten credit for was having an amazing atmosphere that yes. suggested a story, but really, really good presentation no, about the story it. was just kind of... Yeah. <laughs> it, it looks deep! I bet it's deep! Yeah, that's a really good way to phrase it. And the and the art, by the way, which was done by one of the artists oh, yeah, behind uh, the damage... A lesson is learned, but the damage is irreversible. That game looks breathtaking. And the music, lovely, lovely music. Mm-hmm. Uh, non-punitive game design, I like that. Like you can just keep trying again, trying again. I was going to make a joke about it's impressive how good your graphics and music can be when you can afford to fund your indie game with money. <laughs> 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 but the non-punitive design, that is at least a, a, a you know design choice. Yeah. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Last one. This is an apocalyptically bad game. <laughs> Like, we're talking judges got involved. Uh, oh, um... Uh, what's it? Uh, <laughs> too Human? Yes! It's Too Human. Tell us about Too Human, tell them. <laughs> too Human is a game by Silicon Knights, which... Where did they go wrong? <laughs> which, if you want to tell you this You were story, the chosen ones, why did you do this? <laughs> If you want to tell this story with sympathy behind it, you say Silicon Knights, who are responsible for Eternal Darkness on the GameCube, and you want and, to set this as a and, terrible... And? Go on. What else did they do that's worth sympathy for them? I, I honestly don't know. What do you well, mean? Metal Gear Darkness. Solid, the Twin Snakes. Oh, yeah. The one where they turned Metal Gear Solid into basically a Hong Kong action movie. Yeah. Uh, where, like, Darkness every time... Good. Where every time... Solid Snake in a cutscene, like, dodged, like, oh, yes. bullets. He, he just, there were jet noises, and he's doing backflips. It's amazing. <laughs> so, uh, so Eternal Darkness is the name of the game. Yes. You weren't just saying they were responsible <laughs> for the Eternal end of the world in the GameCube. <laughs> responsible for the endless, all-consuming <laughs> void. <laughs> Eternal Darkness on the GameCube was the game that a lot of people like me bring out when they talk about sanity effects and messing with the player and interface screw. Oh, that one. Yeah, okay. Now, no, no, one point... Nintendo's that... stupid fucking patents. 
Yeah. Now, one point that a developer mentioned, which I thought was very coherent, was that Eternal Darkness's sanity effects, and I use quotes around that, uh, were actually a bad bit of design because they were interesting enough that you'd want to see them. So you mm-hmm. spent your time driving your sanity down just low <laughs> enough that you could still function in the game that's... so you could get to see these neat weirdo effects. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. It does mean that they weren't a, a detriment the way that they framed themselves as being. Anyway, but, and they also gave you a really easy way to get rid of, to lower your sanity. So yeah, well, they did make two the game really easy ways. To play, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. they they did at, at least to a small degree make the game harder to play. So they were a detriment, but they made it more fun, which I would think would be the goal. Anyway, you don't want. I'd agree your, with that. You don't want your difficulty adjusters to make the game less fun. You fucked up. That's true. Now, if you want to cast this as a bad thing, you could say serial Kickstarter scam artists <laughs> responsible for X-Men The Age of Apocalypse. That's the one I was going to name. There we go. It's the one I always wanted to play because it seems so terribly bad. <laughs> well, too and bad And yet you now. can make your own X-Person. I understand. <coughs> Copy, now you're obligated to burn it. <laughs> yes. Must too be human, destroyed. Too Human is a really bad reinterpretation of Norse myth, and it's that special <laughs> kind of reinterpretation of Norse myth. Oh, did we lose a gem? I'm here. Cool. Oh. Uh, it's that really bad, in, it's that really special form of bad interpretation of Norse myth, which is to say, let's filter Norse myth through Christian myth. So, <laughs> some of the gods are unequivocally the bad guys, and some of the gods are unequivocally God, and you are playing Norse Jesus. And it doesn't... Norse Jesus, but, you know, the bullet-shitting version of Jesus. Yes! And it's full of so many bad design decisions. Like, every time you die, it shows you a full death animation, which in some cases is 90 seconds long. And then you're resurrected on the same spot, which is itself another 90 seconds. So, you don't... Son, let me tell you about Drake and the 99 Dragons. (laughs) Yes. This is justified by you being bolder, isn't it? Yeah, you're bolder, so you're... Awful interpretation. Which, who better to be a fucking badass... Well, yeah, but also Boulder's thing, by the way, he should have been crazy hot, just yes. saying. But his thing is that everything promised not to hurt him. Not everything promised not to kill him. Everything promised not to hurt him. He shouldn't be affected at all until you, you know, stab him with mistletoe. Also, he, has, he explodes. Also, he has power armor on. Uh, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and, fuck you guys. And he just moves slowly and he lists. Uh. When he walks... He, he has this natural list back and forth, which means that if you stop mid-list, you change direction slightly. Ah. <laughs> like, so many He's bad He's basically decisions. war from Darksiders. Yeah, but Darksiders... gets chopped up into bits, right? And can, can you know, reconstitute. Yeah, that's a really interesting core. And, in fact, you're right, it probably should have been war. That should have been war's game, not the ridiculous <laughs> Zelda adventure stuff. <laughs> Shooting angels with a railgun and having your head popped off and then, you know, summoning it back with Jedi powers. Mm-hmm. Now, one point that this Wikipedia page has taught me that I think is worth knowing is despite the fact that Silicon Knights are effectively a dead company whose ashes have been scattered to the winds to please the gods of war, apparently on the Xbox Marketplace, Two Humans product page is still there. It's not available for purchase, but you can go see it and there's the big blank space where the buy button exists. The final denouement of this is that I have a friend I'm going to uni with, uh, who is also a games journalist, uh, named Angus, and he owns a copy of Two Human. Ooh. A signed Contraband. copy of Two Human. <gasps> oh, wow. <laughs> signed by Ben Croshaw. <laughs> so that's a thing that exists. That is so ridiculous. I love it. Oh, that's it this week for the Downloadable Concept Podcast. That's been Fox. Well, I'm Wick. That's been Jeb. <laughs> and that's been Talon. Tune in next week when we will be speaking to you from the centre of a vast, amoral world that is slowly digesting us and in which we have to find hope and meaning in the stories we tell each other. Canada? So, like, this week, basically. <laughs> I hate it when you both dive on Damn. it. I hate it when I do a non-setup and you both dive on it at the same time and they're both good. <laughs> now you must decide. <laughs> same thing we do every night, Pinky. <laughs>
Why, Jeb, I thought you had an explanation for that. A bullshit one! <laughs> the meat used to be brown. <laughs>